Hey everybody, welcome back to Craft It on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out all the things we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we are discussing a product that people get very passionate about and even more opinionated about. That would be cast iron cookware. And joining me is Blister Senior Bike Editor Simon Stewart, who has been cooking with cast iron cookware for more than 20 years. But recently, Simon has embarked upon a quest to see if the fancier, more expensive options that are coming onto the market more and more today are better than their cheaper cast iron counterparts. So in this conversation, we discuss some of that, and we also explore the notion of elevating the everyday cast iron cookware as heirlooms. We talk about the introduction of new tech in this product category, and we also talk about a return to old tech and more. This episode is presented by our Blister Craft Collective, which is a collection of some of our favorite craft companies and some of the very best companies across a range of craft categories that support the independent work that we do here at Blister. You can learn more about our Blister Craft Collective companies on our website, and we'll include a link to the Craft Collective in the show notes of this episode. So check them out because I am confident that some of these companies are going to become some of your favorite companies too. And now, let's do this. For those of you who already have strong opinions about cast iron cookware, well, get ready to get heated up like an old vintage Griswold or Wagner skillet. And for those of you who are new to the topic, well, welcome to a whole new world of cast iron cooking. Here we go. All right. Well, I am very happy to be here with Blister Senior Bike Editor, Simon Stewart. Simon, welcome back to Crafted. Man, we had you on just for our end of the year Crafted episode, where you mostly were talking about audio equipment and speakers in particular. That is not our topic today, though. No, I mean, it couldn't be further away, really, could it? We've, we've, we- <laughs> no, <laughs> we're going from speakers to frying pans. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's gotta be a great joke there, but I think we might, we might need to workshop that off, off mic a little bit, um, to figure that out. But I am very excited to dive into the whole audio system genre with you on Crafted. And, I want to say, I thought you were so good on that crafted episode that we're actually going to bring you in more into the whole crafted ecosystem. And I know you like that because you're like, good, get me out of the way. You can just go have free reign of these topics and with guests. But yeah, so some listeners might be surprised that, yeah, we're talking about cast iron cookware today. And so let's, let's get in a little bit to the origin story here. It was maybe two weeks ago, 10 days to 14 days ago. I'm putting it somewhere there. You shoot me a text of a cast iron skillet 
from a company that I'm familiar with and you're like, hey, I just got this cast iron skillet. It's pretty sweet. I think this company is a good candidate for a conversation on Crafted. And that launched us into a number of conversations about cast iron cookware. And I am now giving you the mic and uh, say a bit more of this story. Do, it, am I, or do you agree with how I've laid things out so far? I, I think so. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I got this pan and um, perhaps even we rewind a little bit further into, into why um, I have cast iron cookware to begin with and um, how that started. And, and um, it started quite a, quite a few years ago in 2003. Um, and you know this story. Mm. I got a job as a yeah. backcountry mountain bike guide. And <laughs> uh, it was a dream job, right? Yeah. Um, part of that was you had to learn how to do backcountry cooking. It was a huge component of these trips. And then that sort of correlates into cast iron cookware, specifically Dutch ovens, and which are like the, I would say they are the anchor of any backcountry cooking kitchen. This is the number one thing you cook with morning and evening, um, all day long. This is, this is what you use. And for good reason, it's, it's an incredibly versatile piece of cookware. So I get this job. I'm super stoked. But I have no idea what to do uh, as far as backcountry cooking is going. So I'm like, at this time, I'm a novice. I am green in every regard, right? And like the senior guides are, as you would imagine, they're, <laughs> they're senior guides. So you're like, you, you don't, you don't want to, what's the best word here? You don't want to screw it up. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, it's intimidating because they're like everything from how you cook to how you clean the bloody pan. You can't like, don't use soap in there, you know, and like, don't use any dishwashing. Yeah. It's like everything was to protect the, um, the seasoning that's already in the pan. Like, I know this now, but at the time, I'm like, oh my God, this cast iron stuff's kind of fussy. <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of awesome at the same time. Here's a piece of cookware that we can use to um, saute. You can use to stir fry. You can use to put anything in there as you're doing um, an, a large pot meal like a spaghetti or you can bake in it and you can bake lasagnas you can bake cakes and that was mind-blowing for for me as as someone that was just learning the craft mm -hmm. of guiding um, and then also to the guests that are just coming on these trips that are watching you make these meals like they would be made in their kitchen at home using an oven mm -hmm. so i was fascinated so that that's 2003. Yeah. When you start getting into like it's your job to make good food for guests um you know and so you don't get to mess that up. And um so okay, so you've had a 20 plus year relationship now with cast iron cookware. When did you though get interested in that product class? beyond just the sheer utility of like, I'm a guide and this is what we use. I, I guided for 14 years, which looking back on it is kind of, kind of blows me away. I was like, where did, how did that happen? 14 years just evaporated because it's <laughs> a pretty awesome way to make a living. Uh, yeah, it was hard work and, hmm. and so forth. And we would, you know, cooking something like a lasagna. So a Dutch oven, you put coals on the bottom um, and coals on the top. And let's just say I had a 14 inch in diameter Dutch oven, 
The rule of thumb was half on top, seven coals on the top, 14 coals on the bottom, and then adjust for elevation, temperature, and wind. You're right? And you can cook a, you can cook a lasagna in there. Absolutely magnificent lasagna. And then at the same time, huh. like I would say like the, 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 the move would be then with, to pair the pineapple down cake with the, with the lasagna. Because then you're just, last night of a trip, you're just blowing everybody away. Like you're going to bake a mm-hmm. pineapple upside down cake in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and then you put that on top of the Dutch oven and then the heat just rises up and it just cooks everything so amazing. And it's just like, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And the, and the guests all sort of gather around and they're watching you play with the coals and you're tapping them and you're adding some, taking some away. And you're sometimes making it look a little bit more complicated than it needs to, you know, just to, you know, build up the anticipation, anticipation of the dinner. I did that for 14 years. And then I'm like, I need cast iron in my own kitchen. So, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of cast iron companies out there. The gold standard for guiding was Lodge. And that's an inexpensive company, a US company that makes a really nice cast mm-hmm. iron product. And Sasha, my wife, she got some um, La Crusade pans that were cast iron. And I kind of like them, but I was looking for something a little bit, a little bit nicer. Okay. I'm going to keep interrupting. Define nicer, like just looks or nicer in terms of their actual functionality? That's a great question because it could be argued, I think, that a lot of this cast iron always sort of ultimately ends up the same. You're going to season it with, you know, with oil, you're going to season it with food and just multiple uses. And it's going to build up this, the seasoning, which is just sort of, it's like oil and food sort of just embedded into the cast iron. That becomes a little bit nonstick. Never will it'll never be Teflon smooth. Let's put that out there. It's never going to be that, but it's pretty close. It's pretty good once it's seasoned and it's um, um, it's been in use for quite some time. But you know, my issue was not my issue. I guess it was the the aesthetics do do play a part in this, of course. And I liked uh, when I came across this Smithy pan. Uh, it was beautiful. It looks beautiful. It's like mm. um, yeah, it's. It's about, um, I just was like, I want something, I want to play with this. I want to see what's out there. I want to see, is there a case for a cast iron pan that costs more, that has a little bit more to it? And, and it, what happens is, what is that part that we're talking about here? Is that mm-hmm. cast iron, and now I want to be clear with something right now. I'm not an expert on this subject <laughs> at all. Um, no, no way, nowhere near it. Am I an expert in metallurgy or how cast iron is made or you know, the seasoning of it or any of this stuff? So we're coming at this from uh, that perspective. So mm-hmm. what's different about these cast iron pans, Jonathan, is that they machine them smooth on the inside. That's what you're paying for when you get a more expensive cast iron pan. That's kind of it, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put a nice, they mm-hmm. put nice little logos in there. They'll do um, some other finishing touches or curve them or put pour spouts in there. But mostly it's the, it's the smoothing, it's the polishing of the interior of the pan. And you just said though, right? That with a, with a relatively inexpensive lodge, if you season it and give it enough time, didn't you just say you can actually get that bottom of the pan quite smooth, but it, it did you did say I that? I did no? say that. Yeah, that's why it 
questionable whether you're going to get much returns on these more expensive pans. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like this pan. I like using it. I like that it came really smooth. Um, well, I think what drew me to it, this is funny, is that it had this lovely bronze. I, I sent you that picture. It was this beautiful bronze color from yeah. the factory. And I was like, oh, that's yep. pretty. You know, that's really nice looking pan. But that's mm-hmm. pretty much gone now and it's black. <laughs> so <laughs> that goes away. <laughs> and, and how long... And how long have you been using it for now, Simon? Um, I've been using it for about a week and some change. But I've been seasoning yeah. it. Yeah, and it's already... Yeah. Oh my God, the seasoning process. Yeah. We'll get into that here in a second because I kind of screwed that up a little bit too. Yeah. But your large pans and your less expensive pans, they're, you know, it's, it's molten iron poured into a casting that's made out of sand. And that's why they have that sort of rough texture because that's, you know, the, that's the consistency of the sand that's doing that. And um, then you take like a Smithy or I've learned, you know, there's quite a few other brands that are doing this as well, Stargazer and many others. They'll take it one step further and then they'll machine that surface smooth. And that's what adds the cost. And that's what looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And then your seasoning is going to build up smoother as a result. And there's a good chance you will end up with a more of a nonstick surface to be determined though. Okay. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when you, you know, this is one of the fun things I think that we do on these crafted conversations. Sometimes we do have the absolute expert, you know, like one of the experts in the world in a given category. But then other times we do, you know, we call them amateur hour. And it doesn't mean that whoever our guest is has no clue about a given topic. I mean, you just said you've been using these things consistently for over 20 years. But I think there is something very relatable and something pretty fun about like we're on this journey now together. I'm like learning more about cast iron cookware through you as you're you've got questions coming up around this stuff. We're trying to figure out is there value in the more expensive things or Maybe the end result is, you know what? Those lodge things are pretty great. Um, and so I don't know. I, I don't want to apologize, you know, that I don't want to turn crafted into conversations where we're always only talking to one of the leading experts in the world on something. I think that can steal a little bit of the fun of the exploration of these hobbies and crafts. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Like if you do five minutes of Googling, you will find no end of uh, rabbit holes to go into as far as cast iron goes. And a lot of people with strong opinions and with seemingly immense knowledge. And so when Mm. you go into that, you're like, well, I've just been using them. You know, I don't really know exactly how they're made or how they're machined and so forth. But I like them as a cooking tool and I wanted to try something, you know, a little bit nicer which equated to be a little bit more expensive. To be clear, quite a bit more expensive for the size pan that I got um, in relation to how much a lodge of the same size would cost. Can we, can we talk right now about kind of price ranges on this stuff? Yeah, sure. What, what is the kind of low end of the spectrum? What is, what of the higher end, the stuff that you've been looking at? Give me the price ranges. So I got a pretty small pan, eight inch, $115. And okay. I believe sort of a lodge in the same size is about 30. 
<laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah. And I think you could have yeah. got an entire large set of pants for $120, actually. <laughs> huh. like, like a four-piece mm. or five-piece set. And yeah, so there's quite a, quite a, a delta in price. Mm-hmm. And this makes me want to just touch on for a second two other topics that we kind of love around here in these crafted parts coffee gear right and one of the things that we've said multiple times while i and some other folks that we've had on crafted are pretty obsessed and actually you are super obsessed with this stuff yourself some of the more expensive very high-end ways to make coffee and i've said one of the things i think is super cool is that some of the best coffee made in the world is made with extremely inexpensive Hario V60 pour-over gear. Like that, like uh, a Hario vessel and the pour-over um, sort of container itself, you're like less than 50 bucks. Less than 50 bucks. You can use the same gear that world champion baristas are using in world championship competitions. And so this is not some like elite you know, category, right, of coffee gear, you can get in very inexpensively and be playing with some of the best gear out there. It reminds me a little bit of what you're talking about. Like, you're going to find out. We don't have the answer yet, but the fact that somebody can get into the whole cast iron game, start with Lodge stuff, maybe they turn out loving that stuff and they that's what they ride and die with for the rest of their lives. Great. But we're maybe looking at, as you've said, some of the stuff where it's really, really pretty, the aesthetics, maybe that machined bottom. And we're exploring this. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is where I I speculate the sort of the craft, the um, artisanal craft cast iron cookware is coming from is that it was done this way before. Like vintage cast iron is polished on the inside, like Griswold or a Wagner. And look at some mm-hmm. of those prices on eBay or in other used, you know, sources. I saw a pan today. I'm not kidding for three thousand five hundred dollars, and I was like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" <laughs> it was a vintage. It was a vintage uh, Griswold. Huh. Um, well, maybe it doesn't sell. I don't know. But the price was still thirty five hundred dollars. And then I saw quite a yeah. few others at five hundred. Yeah. I saw another at sixteen hundred. I was gobsmacked. I was like, holy smokes. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there is a there is a market for this stuff on the vintage side. Now you like look at why companies like Smithy and Stargazer and there's quite yeah. a few others are around. It's because they're like, well, people are spending this money on this vintage stuff. Why don't we just make it new that way? We'll do a nice casting and then we'll machine them and they'll look beautiful and we'll put some nice touches on there. It'll make it nice to handle and nice to look at. And that's where I'm at. I, I'm in the kitchen so much and this is a, a tool I'm using every single day. Yeah. I don't mind spending a little bit more if that experience of using it is better or I'm happy. It doesn't necessarily have to be better. I just enjoy it more. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know on this one yet. I like I like looking at it. I like picking it up and holding it. I've kind of been enjoying the seasoning, but I not really. It's like it's 
when you're seasoning a cast iron pan, especially when you just spend over a hundred bucks on it, you know, there's a little pressure there where you're like, oh man, is this, this is going to be, this seasoning might be there forever. Like, think about that. Like, there's these pans that are for sale on eBay for, that are a hundred years old. So what I'm doing now might affect this pan a yeah. hundred years from now. <laughs> and so I'm thinking that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm following what I read on their website and then what I know myself from how we've seasoned them in the past. And I'm doing that similar to that. I'm, I went out and bought expensive organic grapeseed oil because that seems to have a high, you know, a high heat um, component. Or, and, uh, mm. And then I put too much oil in there on the on like the second time I seasoned it, and it kind of it pooled up a little bit weird, and it made and it made this ridge because you're you're like baking this oil into it, right? And it becomes huh. it changes it chemically, and then it uh, bonds to it, and it and it gets really hard. And I'm like, I looked at it afterwards, and I could see this ridge in there, and I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna be there forever. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like, what am I gonna do? So like, will it? probably fill in and then layer up and smooth out over time and i'm like i don't want to take that chance so then and yeah so maybe i'm getting a bit obsessed at this point so i go get some sandpaper <laughs> i sand it down <laughs> wait wait yeah. wait do they do they say like do they say it's cool if you're developing freaking grape oil ridges on your smithy just grab some sandpaper or are you just going rogue at this point? I went completely rogue. I thought about this to myself. Look, <laughs> hold on a second. They, they did some sort of machining. They, they polished and sanded and they machined it down at some point. I was like, well, I'm just going to do the same thing. I don't want to wreck. The reason I got this thing machined is because I want it to be nice and smooth. And then I blew it when I put too much oil in there on a seasoning. And now I don't want to blow the thing that I bought it for. <laughs> you follow me? <laughs> I want yeah. it smooth, so then I sand it. <laughs> and um, mixed results. I, I I don't think that might have been the right <laughs> idea. <laughs> I used very fine sandpaper and did it really lightly. I took the ridge off. I'm like, and I put my hand in there. I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm taking this to a next level. I'm like, how you would like, you know, if you're doing a really smooth finish on your wood floor and you're you're sanding in between each step of the sealant and the, that you're putting on there. I'm like, this isn't any different than that. So I smooth it down. Then I add the oil and then the oil doesn't seem to be sticking very well or it doesn't have the same reaction to the other layer of oil. So it's getting kind of weird. And then it, then it started, it made some bubbles and then I baked it and then it wasn't like awesome. So I'm kind of like still seasoning it. <laughs> and I, I don't know whether or not I've, um, yeah, I don't know if I've blown it at this point. So we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Damn, that is kind of a sad story-ish. I mean, it might still have a happy ending. I think it's going to but... be fine. It's still like, the thing about cast iron and I have to think about is how durable it is and how when we use these guiding for so many years and rookie guides came in and did whatever to it and uh it always yeah. it always finds the worst thing you can do to these things and i've seen this where um a guide would not dry it completely so you dry them completely make sure they're bone dry and then put a thin film of oil in there to protect it because it's iron and if you leave water in there it's going to rust and once it's rusted it's pretty done at that point yeah uh, uh -huh. so as long as you don't you know do that and make them rusty it's going to be okay 
And you can always send so, it back. Can we pack it? <laughs> and have him refinish them. Okay. Yeah, there's that. So give me just a couple minutes on, you know, you made a compelling case when you're mountain bike guiding, why you would use a cast iron Dutch oven, you know, because you're in the boonies and you can make lasagna and upside down pineapple cake and whatever you're doing. But for people who just for everyday use, where you could buy any pots and pans you want made of any materials, why are people so obsessed with cast iron? Yeah, good question. For me, it's it's the versatility. Um, I can have it on the stove or I want to, then I can put it in the oven. I'm not worried about any of those components at all. It can go from the stovetop to the oven. Uh, it can put a nice uh, sear on something. It has good heat retention. As far as a cooking apparatus goes, it's really quite good. Uh, it doesn't have chemicals. So like, Here's the thing, like mm-hmm. I, I look back at my cooking life, right? In, in my life before I was a guide and after, I think about how many cheap pans I threw away, how many non-stick pans, and God knows what kind of chemicals came off those things into my food. Yep. Um, they're throwaway yeah. things. They're throwaway pans, Jonathan. They just like end up in the trash. They're in the landfill. Yeah. So many pans. It's just crap quality. Who knows what kind of um, non-stick surface was on them? So a cast iron pan, like Ideally, you know, this is passed down to generation and generation, you know, and like mm-hmm. when, when it's been in your family for a while and someone's passed away and they're reading the will, you're kind of hoping you're the one that gets the cast iron pan. <laughs> you're like, oh, the house would be great, but you know, I really want that pan. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That is really, that is really cool. And so, yeah, like how about, I mean, very on point with where we are these days, right? Let's stop buying disposable products and build things that will last. And man, when you're talking about an eight inch lodge is 30 bucks and a corresponding nice, quote unquote, nicer one is 115. So an $85 difference on an object that could and should last for, I don't know, 50 years, a hundred years, whatever, who cares about $85? And again, if you don't have 85, Get yourself that lodge, start in there or whatever. But I, you've already won me over on the, the life cycle of these things and the difference of 80 bucks. This gets real close to zero over the course of like the added expense, right? Of the life cycle of these products gets real close to zero. Yeah. And then you're, you're still, you're comparing this to another cast iron, but like, you could go into um, any of these big box stores and find a, a pan for a lot less. You could spend fifteen dollars on a pan, and it'll have yeah. this, you know, it'll have this nonstick coating. You'll come home and the eggs will slide around, and then three months, six months later, it'll be in the trash. Yeah, because it doesn't yeah. work anymore, and you can't put it in the oven because it'll disintegrate or the weird plastic handle will melt or you know, yeah, hmm. they're a good cooking tool. And the reason I got this is I do like cooking with it and I, I appreciate nice things. My, my wife gives me a hard time because you always, you have, a, you have a caviar taste on a ramen budget. And that's so true about everything. <laughs> like, I like these nice things. And I know you too, you have, you know, with your, your coffee yeah. uh, scene and, um, and other things. But if you use it every day, and we talked about this, we're like, 
it elevates to every day. I'm going to use it every day. Yeah. I like to look at it. I like to handle it. It makes me happy to use it. That's, that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, uh, I think you're making a very compelling case. So tell me a bit more about the current landscape of kind of cast iron companies that are doing nicer, for lack of a better term, nicer cast iron cookware. Um, Smithy uh, is actually on my radar. I don't, I don't know if I was served up some advertisement from them. I don't remember where I first how they first got on my radar, but what else, um, these aren't your final answers, but as you've literally been somebody who was looking around, you ended up purchasing one of these things. What other companies were you looking at that you kind of thought were, were interesting? Yeah. So there's, um, there's a handful that, that I found that all do a similar thing and they all had aesthetics that I found pleasing. Um, Stargazer, Field Company, Butterpat, Lancaster and Borough Furnace. All of those companies had what I consider uh, a similar uh, product to the Smithy. Uh, why did I choose Smithy when I had no experience with any of them? I was looking for this one that's a little bit more expensive. I didn't want to go for a bigger pan, you know, not knowing that I'm like, okay, I don't know if this more expensive yeah. cast iron is going to be, you know, something that is beneficial, honestly. Uh, I like the way they look mm. and I like the machining they've done. The Smithy one had a small pan that was basically an egg pan. It's rounded on the sides. It's it's basically for you know cooking your eggs anymore. And I was like, well, that's a good place to start. I like that design and the style. So why are they all had a similar the machining and the aesthetics are very similar? All of them have different stamps and their own you know nice touches that they do. Yeah. Um, but for me, the Smithy uh, won me over just because of its sort of uh, specific to an egg pan. Uh, Sasha's dad has this egg, this, this lodge actually, <laughs> that I'm comparing this one to that has an amazing seasoning and it's very nonstick for eggs. The eggs slide around in it and that one's really old. It's been in the family for a really long time and uh, uh. I am envious of it. So I'm trying to replicate that pan and I think... Mm -hmm. Perhaps some of that is that can you get to that smoothness and to that um, non-stick quality faster with these pans that have been machined to a smooth finish? But time will mm -hmm. tell here, won't it? I don't know yet. Yeah. yeah. And is that, as far as you can tell, is that really the kind of quote unquote innovation in cast iron cookware? It's really about this elevated product category it means that that bottom has been machined and so it will be smoother or did you see companies playing with a number of different whether like i don't know introducing other materials into their cast iron skillet to get certain performance benefits or something like what's going on in that landscape yeah you you hit on something there interestingly and i, I did touch this a second ago it's it's not an innovation because they were originally done this way. They were, I yeah, think, right. hand polished and that made them really yeah. you know, time consuming and it was expensive. And what I read, mm -hmm. and this is just with a, not a lot of research, is that it was the innovation of Teflon that sort of stopped that procedure because then that made sort of nonstick pans much more less expensive. And after that, the, yeah. the final machining step almost immediately stopped happening on these cast iron um, pans and these companies just stopped doing it huh. as a result. 
of um huh. of Teflon. So yeah, huh? Yeah, we uh, our La Crusades have like a porcelain coating on the inside, and that's interesting because it's it's kind of smooth. It still has a little bit of that cast iron porosity feel to it. It doesn't build up a seasoning, which is um, it's, it's a bit of a shame, really. They're really great pans. They're heavy. They're great in the oven. They do a lot of things really well, but they haven't become very nonstick. And we've I've been babysitting these things for years, and like at this point, I think I've given up mm-hmm. on the fact that they're going to be have, they're going to have that nice seasoning and that more of a nonstick quality. Uh-huh. I can't put fish in there, and I can't put eggs in there without a lot of oil. So. While while they're a good pan, I, I don't think they're my end game pan at this point. I've been like literally babysitting them and just taking really great care of them, hoping that they're going to get this way. But then I recently read that you don't get that same seasoning on these pans because of that sort of whatever porcelain coating they used. I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. Hmm. Wish I'd known that about ten years ago. <laughs> 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 okay, so really. It sounds like the landscape is that was one example of someone looking to introduce porcelain to cast iron, but it sounds like we just are still digging that cast iron. That's the proven thing. It hasn't really been improved on with other materials today. If you're looking for certain, I think we'll call them like we do when we're reviewing a biker skis, certain performance elements. Yeah. Like I, people are playing with the actual, the metallurgy of it as well. Like the the actual um so they are yeah okay. yeah so yeah from from field company's website this was another um company on the list that does nice things and mm-hmm. i i do think they do a nice product as well from what i can see they they wrote on their um on their website about a little bit of their history of how their company was um was formed again they're using wagner's as you know you know what they're striving for apparently they they couldn't get a modern company to, to a modern foundry to pour iron that thin. And I'm like, that's kind of mm. bizarre. Like, how come we can't figure that out, you know, uh. now? And so apparently they found some, um, so apparently they found a professor in Europe, emailed him out of the blue and um, who was, who was, you know, a professor in thermophysical properties of thin walled, compacted, graphite iron castings <laughs> there's a mouthful for you and so this this yeah. guy uh, agreed to work with them and try to you know create processes that then can make this sort of thinner cast iron and so there's stuff going on there um i, I don't know other than what i've read you know it sounds interesting that i think that part is kind of cool like this guy in europe is like oh, oh. this company wants to do this sweet let's do it hmm. interesting yeah. okay but for the most part, we're still living in a land where these current companies, like skis, <laughs> nobody is making skis today like they were made 100 years ago, right? Zero companies are doing that. We're using completely different materials than the rest. But I guess when it comes to cast iron, for the most part, we still want our cast iron to be cast iron. Absolutely. Yep. That, that's okay. a true statement. Um, I... <laughs> I feel like it's gotten more popular than it was when I first learned how to use it as a guide. And these, I don't, a lot of these companies didn't exist back then. These are all pretty new companies. I feel like that are, mm-hmm. I think, trying to take you know advantage of this cast iron resurgence that we're seeing. And maybe this sort of makes sense, as you already said. Teflon came around, was kind of introduced as this 
cutting edge, super futuristic wonder product, right? And it's like these pots can be lighter now, they're non-stick. You know, we sing all the praises of that. And then it turns out that there are maybe some downsides to these things. And and so that is probably a bit of a wave. And we see this happen all the time. One of my favorite topics, watches, right? They're all watches used to be mechanical watches. Then famously in the watch world, there was the quartz crisis, right? And this was a more accurate technology that where you could make watches much cheaper. And then we've seen that sort of, that almost decimated the whole mechanical watch industry, almost killed it off. And now these days, that mechanical watch industry is actually much stronger than it's probably ever been. And so I think we see this in other craft areas too, right? The new, new, it's so futuristic. There's no downsides here, only upsides. Mm. Then we find out maybe that's maybe not the whole story. And we return to what used to be the good thing. It seems to be pretty common, doesn't it? <laughs> but you know, um, this was the greatest thing so ever, I, I and then it is. Then, then, then it's not. Yeah, then it's yeah. Not. I mean, huh. there's still there's still a, a case for uh, a really well made nonstick pan with a quality coating. Yeah, cooking certain mm -hmm. things, it's really they're really good for that. And I wouldn't not have one in my kitchen, but um, yeah. that oh, that really inexpensive throwaway um, cookware, that stuff, mm -hmm. it's got to go. Well, hey, man, I feel like that's a pretty good introduction to the whole category of cast iron cookware. And I like that you are pretty new on your journey in figuring out this whole world. And I don't know, I think we're going to need to probably end up calling in some other companies so that you can start seeing if you're like, um, turns out they're all the same. Or if you start, you know, identifying key differences from the others, and I don't know, but this is like a whole new, a whole new rabbit hole for us. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's exciting. I, I like it. I like, I, I like the cast iron. When this thing showed up in that box, of course, it was beautifully packaged, and it came out, and mm. it was a beautiful color, and the machining looked amazing. I was like, ah, oh, this is so awesome. I love this thing already. You know, and. I had read, well, they all, they're all going to turn out looking the same anyway. They're all just going to turn black. And I'm like, yeah. I ignored that um, mm -hmm. because I wanted it. And I wanted something that <laughs> was that beautiful. And uh, it's still beautiful. And I think it's going to retain those looks. It's just going to look a little bit different. And as it gets seasoned, I'm so far really happy with it. And uh, I'm going to look, I'd like to look at other ones as well. I'm going to need some bigger sizes. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I'll, I've learned a little bit more about seasoning on this process about what I'm not going to do next time. You know, I won't be so stressed out about, you know, making seasoning mistakes just because, you know, like I said, this is pan's going to be around for a really long time. want to start off its life yeah. on the right foot, you know, uh, Smithy, for That's the right. record, they, they did say, you know, your first, your first thing you should cook is um, ground beef and caramelized onions. Uh, in their in their sort of directions for how to huh. season and and what your first you know thing you should cook in there and that was a uh, the fat from the um the, the the ground beef in conjunction with the the sugars of the caramelized onion we're going to create a nice base and I was like oh that sounds good so I did that huh. yeah I'm on the right path I just you know maybe I got 
Maybe I, you just have a ridge. I just had a ridge. You just have a ridge. Going. I don't have it anymore. It's gone. Yeah, okay. it's gone. <laughs> yeah, smooth that right out. Well, we'll see how it um, how it builds up its seasoning from there. I I, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but um, I did definitely go rogue on that. I doubt you'll Amazing. find anybody in any sort of internet rabbit hole that said, "Yeah, I just sanded my seasoning down." <laughs> Well, man, fun, fun breaking into this topic with you. And um, as you know, my, my, I like to say my alternative lifestyle, I don't spend like any time cooking. So I don't, I don't know that I will be going down personally down the, the cast iron skillet uh, world anytime soon. But I will say our very last crafted podcast, I was talking about saunas saunas and cold plunges with Matt Sturbins. And I will confess to people that I'm now getting like deeply curious about this world. Like started actually thinking like, you know, my house in that lower level, I was like, I could actually get like an indoor sauna in here. So this whole crafted podcast thing is kind of a, it's awesome, but it's also potentially very expensive for me. Because I'm like letting people come on who are passionate about a thing, let them make the case for it. I sometimes I get excited about this new thing that I previously didn't care at all about. And I don't know. I don't know how this all ends up for me. But but um, if if your if this conversation goes any way like the sauna conversation did, maybe next time you come by, I have a pretty nice um, piece of cast iron cookware. I don't know. I mean, part of the thing, Jonathan, there is that you have to use them all the time to build up this seasoning. So I don't think cast iron is the Oof. right, um, you know, right thing That's for bad. you. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. It'll be this, be this yeah. rusty thing in your bottom drawer of your <laughs> kitchen cabinet. That's right. I'm like, well, this is sweet. That's right. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. I think the sound now, I think you should definitely go down that path. Um, I love saunas, saunas, however you're supposed to say it. You do? Yes. Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't like hot water and I don't all like right. hot tubs at all, but I do like saunas. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, um, we'll see. It's uh, I it, that's that that one surprised me. That crept up on me. Uh, but um, we might be exploring more in that world too. So anyway, man, listen. I appreciate the time. It's always I just love talking to anybody who is passionate about virtually anything and exploring that world and and yeah, you know kind of me getting to hear through you like what's out there what's interesting and and so that's always fun i hope it's fun to our listeners and uh appreciate you sharing what you've learned so far oh my pleasure thanks it's been fun as usual all right man i will talk to you very soon and see you very soon i mean i just saw you yesterday uh yeah catch you out here shortly for the blister summit too that'll be oh, fun yeah i'm looking forward to it okay bring your smithy and um we'll you know want to like start checking this stuff out oh, definitely we'll bring it yes okay okay man Cheers. all right that's a deal hey i'll let you go talk to you soon okay, simon bye now. well that's it for this edition of crafted and do let us know if you have strong opinions about cast iron cookware and the best or the worst brands out there i'll be curious to hear i want to say thanks to simon for this conversation more to come for sure. And thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. Finally, I want to say thanks to all of you for listening. And 
If you are enjoying these crafted conversations, please do leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. That will let us keep this whole enterprise going and growing. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you again real soon.